Hey everybody, hopefully you guys are doing well and you're all safe. Today I wanted to talk to you guys about the AP Euro DBQ rubric. You guys will find two files here. One of them is a picture file. The other one looks familiar. It comes from Tom Ritchie. He put this one together the day that they came out with the new rubric standards. And so what I wanted to, instead of making my own and look, making it look different, I'm glad that he did this. It makes it a lot more uniform to what you guys have seen earlier. So <clears throat> the AP exam this year is only going to be a DBQ. The DBQ is going to be 45 minutes. It's going to be a little bit shorter. And the um, the DBQ, the reason why they got rid of multiple choice, they got rid of the short answer was because of equity. They felt that if this was going to be an at-home exam, they wanted to do something that the students would be quick with, but also try their best, at least the AP board would try their best to see if you have retained two things, historical knowledge from the class and historical skill. And so the DBQ is probably the best way of showing that, right? The skills necessary for analyzing documents and writing an essay would be the skills that they're going to test you on. And then how you answer the question would be the historical portion of it if you're successful with that. A couple of things that the AP board also um, wants us to, to let you know is that there are a couple of ways that you can complete the exam. Once you log into a computer, you can do it on the phone, on a tablet, on a computer, laptop, desktop. Uh, you can submit the, uh, you can submit your response one of two ways. You can either submit it typing on the computer or on the on your phone on your device, or you can handwrite it, whatever one you feel is is better. You can handwrite it, and then snap a picture of your writing sample and send it in. One of two ways: you either type it or you can write it. But if you write it, you need to snap a picture of it and send it. This is a time DBQ. It's 45 minutes, which means that you are going to be under the gun as far as time goes. Um, the AP board realizes that you're taking it at home, so you're going to have all of your resources there available, your textbooks, your packets, your old work, your reading packets. However, because it's timed, then that also sets up some difficulty right, in trying to access information. If you have all of your documents there in front of you, you still only have, and I mean your class documents, your class packets, you only have 45 minutes to complete the answer to the prompt. So what students might end up having, uh, what might happen to some students is that they get lost trying to find a right answer in their textbook or in their packets and they run out of time in completing the DBQ. Uh, if, if I were you, this is what I would do with that. I would take out every single one of my packets Right. By chapter, I would set them up, my reading packet, my work packet. I would have my textbook there available just in case. And I would set them up from the first chapters all the way through to the chapters right before World War One. So that should be chapter 26. Right. I think that's it ends with imperialism. So there's not going to be any information about World War One. And I would set them up with you know the first chapters, second chapters, third, all there in front of me. And then when I do access the prompt, I just pull those documents close to me just to have them next to me just in case. So as I'm reading my documents and I'm thinking of some ideas, if somebody is popping in my head or if I've read a, a document that can respond well to it, you have your reading packet there with names and ideas. Um, so I think that would be a good thing to have available for you, but understand that that is potentially a nightmare. If you step away from writing, from continuing to write, and you go looking in your textbook, you go looking in your documents to go find an idea, and next thing you know, five, 10 minutes later, you still haven't come up with one while you just bit into 10 minutes of your writing time. So it, it could be a nightmare scenario for some of you, but if you use it correct, 
and you know you could kind of quickly reference and to an outside source that might be a benefit for you a benefit benefit for you specifically concerning a couple of the points that are going to be here the ap board also wants to relate to you guys um, some information about cheating because they know you're going to have all your documents there this is also another reason why they picked the dbq the not instead of multiple choice questions um, you are not to contact individuals classmates or others during the time of the exam. You're not to have somebody there to help you. You're not to be in the same room with one another while you are completing the exam. You are not to have somebody impersonate you and write for you. Um, they have sophisticated, they being the college board, has sophisticated algorithms can that can detect your writing style if it comes from you, if it comes from others. All of your writing is going to go through a plagiarism, a, a web-based plagiarism uh, application to see if you've taken that information from someone or from a different location. Anybody who is found for uh, for plagiarism or for cheating, their names will be issued to all of the college campuses, and you potentially could be blacklisted from those colleges, meaning that those colleges would think, well, you know, I don't want a cheater on my campus. And so you run the risk of potentially um, harming your future through that. Um, let's see. So we got cheating. Um, if there's anything else that comes to mind, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll contact you guys, but let's look at the, the rubric itself. I have both of them, the image, as well as Tom Ritchie's there in front of me, and I'm going to be reading from Tom Ritchie. So if you want to access that file, so <clears throat> the rubric is only for this year, hopefully next year, everything else will be back to the same ways as it was before. But for the first two points, contextualization and thesis, these two points are exactly the same. There has been no changes there. So for contextualization, you need to describe a broader historical context relevant to the prompt. The response must relate to the topic of the prompt to a broader historical events, right? A larger, wide historical events, developmental process that happened before, during, or continued after the time frame of the question. This point is not awarded for merely a phrase or a reference. So this is your chain your historical links of chain that allows you to discuss how we arrive to the question, the, the historical time period of your question. What happened before this time that helped bring us to this location? If we're talking about you know, World War One, and you probably want to reference the main, M-A-I-N, right? The main um, reasons why World War One took place. If you're looking at the Industrial Revolution, you might be looking at the arrival perhaps of the putting out system and early capitalist references in England. If you're looking at the wars of religion, you might be looking at the Reformation, right? What happened during the Reformation or during the period of the Great Schism that allowed us to get to this point, right? The chain link of events that took place that brings you to this point of the question itself. And it can happen before, during, or continue after the time, uh, time frame of the question. Thesis claim, one, one point there. Responds to the prompt with a historically defensible thesis that establishes a line of reasoning. The thesis must make a claim that responds to the prompt rather than merely restating or rephrasing the prompt. For example, if they ask you the question, why is Disneyland the happiest place on earth? And if your thesis is Disneyland is the happiest place on earth, you're not going to get a point for that. You've simply restated or rephrased the prompt into a statement but it has no evidence beyond it. So you need to make sure that you have evidence or an answer to relate to your thesis. 
The pieces must consist of one or more sentences located in one place, either the introduction or the conclusion. If you written, if you wrote it in the introduction and you, by the time you're done with your body paragraphs, remember that you always have the conclusion to rewrite it if your introduction thesis is not up to speed or up to par. If we look at the next section, this is where some of the changes have taken place, where it says documents, evidence, and analysis. All right. So whereas the DBQ that we practice and the DBQs before this were seven documents, you are only going to have five documents to read from. All right. So there already you have the potential of cutting down the amount of time of reading the documents and analyzing those documents. But you still need to do the same basic historical skills, describe, supports, explains. Let's go through each of these. The, the next point is one point. Accurately describes the content of at least two documents to address the topic of the prompt. Quotes are insufficient to earn points, to earn this point, right? So your baseline out of five documents, the minimum that you need to use are two. You have to use two. Then you have the next box going down, you have potential of two additional points. Supports an argument in response to the prompt using at least two right, from the two documents that you use to get the point above, or four two points documents. These documents should meet or exceed the standard set for the description point. All right, so not only whatever the two documents are that you selected for the first box, you need to make sure that you support, you give analysis on how those documents relate to your thesis and support your thesis. And then the next point down, or next two points down, for one or two documents, explain how or why the document's historical point of view, purpose, historical situation, and or audience is relevant to the argument. So let's go through this again. Baseline, use of two documents. Next two points, you use four documents and you support the previous two and all four, right? you support all of them with the uh, argument. And then for two, so one or two of those documents, you need to explain how or why the document point of view or purpose, historical situation or audience is relevant to the argument. So of your total of four documents, let's say we're going to try to get all 10 points, total of four documents, you explain at least two of those documents on their point of view, purpose, historical situation, audience, then you'll end up getting those additional points, right? So the boxes are exactly the same, right? Whereas the, the one before they asked you to use almost all of them, right? Six of seven was for describes. Then you needed three that supports and then three that explains. It's been chopped down. So you need to do, if you're going to try to get all 10 points, four documents that, um, sorry, at least two documents that describes, but upwards of four that you describe and support, and then an additional two that explains. So I don't know if you want to maybe write that in uh, in the chart where it says describes, supports, and explains, right? Under, uh, above describes, two to four. Supports, if you're trying to go for the 10 points, four. And explains, two, right? A two above that. Uses specific historical evidence beyond the, uh, that is found within the document. You have upwards of two points. It is a point for each outside source that you bring in. Whereas the DBQ previous was just one outside source, here they're giving you potential of two points for two outside sources, one point each. Whatever source that you bring in, whatever sources you bring in, they cannot be any of the same sources that you might have referenced in your context. 
right? So whatever's in your context, if you are going to use a source in your context, you want to make sure that that source, um, that the source itself is different from the outside sources that you're bringing in here. And then the last one demonstrates, this is for one point, demonstrates a complex understanding uh, of the historical development that is the focus of the prompt using evidence to cooperate, qualify, and modify or qualify or modify an argument that uh, addresses the question. And this is exactly the same from before. This is usually that last point that a lot of people have some difficulty with. You can explain a nuance, something, something different, something diverse um, by analyzing multiple variables, different views of the documents. Explains both similarities and differences, both con continuity and change, or multiple causes and multiple causes and effects, or both causes and effects. Explains relevant and insightful connections within or across periods. So maybe how the Industrial Revolution, let's say if your prompt is about the Industrial Revolution, how the Industrial Revolution reflects on a future event like World War One, or perhaps the age of imperialism. If you can make connections between one historical period and another historical period, and it has to be insightful. It can't just be a reference, right? It has to be an explanation. So how does the Industrial Revolution industry affect World War I? Mechanization through warfare. How does the Industrial Revolution affect imperialism? It gave weapons and the tools necessary for Europeans to conquer lands in Africa and Asia, right? It gave them the, the tools, literally the tools of conquest, the steam engine, the Maxim gun to work their way through Africa, or the um, boats, the um, great vessels for England in order for them to conquer states and uh, win wars like the the opium wars in, in China. Uh, you need to, another point would be from confirming the validity of an argument or the truthfulness of an argument by corroborating multiple perspectives across themes. So perhaps in AP Bio, if you guys know of some sources or maybe even from your human geography days, some sources that you can bring in Additional sources that can show the reader that your stance is indeed true because you have additional evidence from additional types of classes that can show you that uh, the, you, know, you have a true statement for your thesis. And then qualifying or modifying an argument by considering diverse or alternative views or evidence. So maybe by looking at a document in a different way, perhaps that might give us a different opinion or different view of the potential answer. So all of that is 10 out of 10. Does that mean that if you score a 7 out of 10, you get 70%, that's a 3? Or if you scored a 6, that's a 3? That I don't know. That eventually the AP board, I mean, they, they haven't addressed it with us. The AP board, probably what they'll do, and this is what they've done all the time, is they will analyze the documents or analyze your responses. And then they'll try to level out the playing field where there is a certain amount of 5s, a certain amount of 4s, a certain amount of 3s. And then they'll, I guess, judge it at that point. If a six is a three or a five is a three or a six is a four or a seven is a four or you know, whatever that, that's up for them to decide then at a later point. Um, another thing that also is going to happen here, uh, each of the essays that you guys write, eventually by May 26th, they are going to be given to me, the teacher. All your teachers are going to get your exams. And the AP board has told us that we can do Whatever it is we want with those exams, we can use it as a final exam uh, for your actual grades in the class. We can use it 
uh, towards a, uh, you know, give you points or use it to analyze your writing, whatever the case is, we are going to have your essays when you are done with it. And then we, the teachers, can do what we like with it. Um, I'm probably thinking that'll probably be our, our final exam. For those of you who are in our class that are not going to be taking the uh, end of the year AP exam, you guys still will be scoring points for what you complete by way of the practice. So this week coming up, starting tomorrow, you guys are going to, or Tuesday, today's Monday, the the, uh, the 6th. Uh, so t- starting tomorrow, I'm going to send out a opening DBQ. Uh, it'll be reduced. It'll be just five documents. It'll follow this example. And what I want you guys to work on is basically that, taking time to answer uh, the, the, the documents. What I'll do is I'll set up just a Google Classroom where you can constantly add to it. If you do your introductory paragraph the first time, then work on your body paragraphs after that. What I'll attempt to do is probably between the hours of, um, I'd say probably like three, three to five, I'll jump online and I will give you guys some updates and some uh, pointers on what you've submitted so far. So what I'm thinking of in, in the span of a week, let's say you take your Monday and you work on your introductory paragraph, and then you take your Tuesday or your Wednesday, I would say, you know, if you're in my first period class, you know, maybe you uh, carve out maybe 30 minutes on a Tuesday. If you're in my fourth period class, a Wednesday class, maybe carve in 30 minutes in your uh, Wednesday time to work on your body paragraphs. And then your Friday, your Thursday and Friday would be your conclusion and seeing if you guys can work on that. And what, like I said, I I will try my best to jump on the computer um, every day from about three to five. Um, so if you have a question, if you're on during that time period and you want to submit something to me or you have a question directly, I'll try my best to uh, to answer it at that point. And then I'll be giving you guys some pointers and um, we'll probably do that for five weeks straight. So what you should be seeing after your quiz that you should be working on today, there is a chapter 29 World War II quiz on Google Classroom. Make sure you complete that. You'll be working on five DBQs in order for us to get to the prep period. Um, go through this prep period before you guys take the exam. The exam is on for us. It is on, I believe Wednesday, the 13th. I'll give you guys more information there, but all the way through, uh, through Monday, the eighth, um, sorry, um, Friday, May 8th will be all prep. So five weeks of prep, five weeks of, of DBQ prep. It'll be one DBQ for each week from a different chapter. So if we do something on, um, let's say um, European social history in the 16th century, then next week will not be European social history in the 16th century. It might be the Reformation or the Wars of Religion or Renaissance, or we'll see. Um, if you guys have any questions, please uh, contact me as soon as possible. You could always send me a message on Remind, or you can uh, shoot me a message on Google Classroom. Don't forget, you have a quiz that you should be working on at some point today. Uh, the timer is set for 11.59 tonight to complete. Uh, it's a pretty extensive quiz. It will be counted as a quiz. It will be put into uh, the grade program, hopefully by sometime tomorrow, so you can see what happened to your grade because of it. And then after that, like I said, you should see in Aries a column for DBQ Prep 1, DBQ Prep 2, DBQ Prep 3, and so on and so forth. Um, once again, if there's any questions, guys, get a hold of me, contact me, and... Um, I'll hear from you soon, hopefully. All right, stay safe.